you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. I was not using the Lord's name in vain. It is the title of this new series, For Christ's Sake, Making Yourself of No Reputation. Make Yourself of No Reputation. Before I do that, I wanted to let you know, so Volunteer of the Month, one of the benefits is you do get a reserve parking spot right there up front. So um, if you want to be the next Volunteer of the Month and get that special parking spot, I'm just saying... Well, anyways, the other thing I wanted to let you know, um, this week of prayer, we're doing something a little bit different of how you receive that information. And I want to make sure that if anybody wants to receive um, a video each day coming up um, of what we're going to be praying for as a collective body, how many people believe that prayer changes things? So we want to pray collectively. But to do that, I, I, we just need to do one quick little thing. If you go to the Grace Capital Church app, if you have a smartphone, I just want to make sure something's set up for you. If you go to the app, um, I, I do need you, if you have a smartphone, do that now because otherwise, if you don't have this clicked off, you're not going to get the information. Go to more. Are we, are we okay? We're tracking. All right. Then go to settings and then notification categories. There's going to be a bunch of boxes checked down here. general next steps events. You want to make sure where it says devotional is checked off. Because we're only going to be sending that um, week of prayer notification to you if you have checked off devotional. So I just want to make sure that you have the right way of getting it. And uh, so there you go. Okay, so that's that. If you have problems, go to the Info Hub on the way out, and they will help you get make sure that gets set up. Well, we are starting this really a mini-series. It's three weeks leading before Easter. How many people are excited to be celebrating Easter? What Jesus has done for us is so amazing. Um, and in, in preparation to get us there... Um, today I'm going to be talking about three reasons why we should hang out with sinners. Now... Three reasons why we should hang out with sinners. There's some of you who would feel like, um, you know what, I hang out with sinners all the time, and I really love to come to church and just be around people that were, there's, there's a level of peace, and the, I can walk away from the chaos and just the grunge of, of that. There's others, though, who would say that um, if you were to look at your life, you hang around with Christians a lot. You go to church, do your life group, um, your, your friend groups are all Christians, and, and uh, so I want to encourage, so the, the two groups here, I want to encourage you, if you're just hanging around with Christians, I want you to find some, uh, some good old gruff sinners um, to hang around with. And uh, But if you are saying, hey, I'm with, the, with those people all the time at work, I want to make sure you understand why you're around them, so you're not trying to always run away from them and escape them. And then, and just in case you are here and you're not a Christian yet, and I'm so glad that you're here because this is a great place to check out who Jesus is, um, I want to let you know that we're, we're all in the same boat of the sinner boat, right? Because the reality is, is, is we are saved by grace, and actually when Jesus comes into our life, it doesn't mean that our sins go poof. 
they're disappeared. It means that we don't have the guilt and shame and we ask for forgiveness and repentance is we don't keep on sinning. Repentance is we turn the other way. Um, but we need to understand. See, Romans 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we realize that before we start going us and them, we have to put ourselves in the same boat. But the difference between us is we know which boat that we're in, who's sleeping in the boat with us. I'm using a little analogy when, when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus and there's a big storm and Jesus was sound asleep and, and everybody's freaking out and just like, why are you freaking out? <laughs> it's just a storm. Jesus wakes up, peace, the storm calms down. Well, really we're taking this whole idea of making yourselves of no reputation from Philippians. If you have your Bible or actually it's on the screen, Philippians chapter two, seven through nine, it says this. He made, he being Jesus, made himself of no reputation. Taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man or humanity. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So it's interesting. So Jesus, he came, son of God, he took on the form of a man. And he humbled himself, but he made himself of no reputation. How many people care about what other people think about you? I think probably if we're honest, I think deep down we all do it to some degree, right? We don't want to be that person. Or maybe if you want to be that person, you're just trying to get attention. <laughs> but we're going to talk about what it means to be of no reputation and why we need to be hanging out with sinners. The so three reasons why we should hang out with sinners. Now, so the person who wrote this, this passage in, we call it a book, but really it was a letter, the letter to the church of Philippi, which is, um, was um, Asia of the time. And, and Paul, who wrote this, he's writing to an established group of people, and we call that the church of the early church. He's writing a letter to them, and he's talking about Jesus. He made himself no reputation. And, but this Paul guy, who wrote most of the New Testament, his name used to be Saul, and he was a persecutor of Christians. And then he has this encounter with Jesus and changes his life, and his life, his name also got changed. But this is what he says in 1 Timothy 1.15. It says, The saying is trustworthy and deserves a full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost, or who other versions say, who I am the chief of them all. See, Paul understood his posture and his position um, as a sinner, but he wasn't saying, okay, Jesus came and I found Jesus and I'm going to stay a sinner, but he came, Jesus came to what? Save sinners, right? This is what he says in 1 Timothy 1.15, to save sinners. But save them from what? Because if it is just saving from eternal damnation, which is saying, hey, now we get to go to heaven. It's so much more than that, though. This saving is, remember, the last series we talked about that 
Um, the enemy came, John 10, 10, to kill, steal, destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life in the fall or abundance, right? So he actually came, he's saving us, he's saving us sinners so we can have a full life, that we can no longer carry around the guilt and shame of our past mistakes, and then we can be experience the community of believers, a place where we belong and a place where we can be loved. See, last, remember, um, by the way, didn't Pastor Jordan do a great job last week? If you are here, you got to hear him speak. But Pastor Jorgen said, you were made for so much more. You were made for more. Remember when he said that? And the reality is, is that's what he's freeing us from. He's not just freeing us from something, but he's freeing us for something. He's freeing us for to have this life in the full, this abundant life. And for those of you who have found Jesus, you have tasted that and you've experienced that. But the challenge then becomes we, we get settled or we find our community and we find where we belong and we realize the whole purpose of why Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So how does Jesus do that today? How does Jesus seek and save the lost today? He does it through people like you and I. Well, then we have to say, well, how do we do that? Well, we do that by what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. Ephesians chapter 5, if you're taking notes, 1 through 2. By the way, if you're taking notes and you're just like, I didn't get that, just quickly raise your hand. I'll see your hand. I'll say it again. It says, therefore, be imitators of God. Can you say imitators? Imitators. imitators. So in other words, we imitate Jesus... Okay, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Jesus, when he went to the cross, he was obedient to the point of death. That was a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But it says, walk in love as Christ loved us, which is how did Christ love us? It says it in the later part of that verse, sacrificially. He actually gave his very life for us. So when we begin to start thinking we're making ourselves of no reputation, we're to be imitators of Christ. And the way we're to the way that Jesus wants to seek and save the lost is actually through us, then we have to learn how to be imitators of Jesus. Be imitators of Jesus. So Jesus didn't have a problem with sinners. He actually really loved hanging around sinners. He, he loved hanging around people that the world would consider them as marginalized. Now, I'm not saying this because some people would say, I love hanging around sinners because somehow it gives you permission to join in their activity. I am not talking about that. You know, I have a ministry to the bars, you know, just hanging out with, you know, I got to relate to them. So, you know, I got to just drink with them. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is Jesus was intentional when he encountered people. 
Now, the interesting thing is Jesus wasn't bothered by people's sin. Now, if you're in life group, one of the life group questions that you're going to have this week is you're going to be talking about how comfortable or uncomfortable you are with people who are different than you and how comfortable or uncomfortable are you with people who have a completely different lifestyle than you that you might think is a sketchy, sinful lifestyle. Jesus didn't really have much concern for that. So the three reasons we should hang out with sinners are this. It's not so we can be like them. It's not like so we can party like them. But there's a purpose for it. And this is the purpose was is we're looking at how Jesus lived his life and we're to be imitators. So number one, sinners need a healing touch. In Luke chapter 7, if you want to just understand what Jesus did and how we're to live like him, start going through and reading the Gospels. The Gospels are the account of Jesus when he was here on earth. And the red letters, if you have a Bible that has red letters in it, start looking at those red letters. Those are Jesus' words. But in Luke chapter 7, by the way, Luke, uh, the, the author of this um, book, Luke, was, he was a doctor, Dr. Luke. So it's interesting, if you look at this gospel, you'll find that he, he's more detailed, right? Hopefully doctors are detail-driven, right? You don't want a doctor doing surgery on you that's not a detail. Oh, that artery doesn't need to be reattached. Let it flap around there. We don't need that one. No, we like doctors to be attention to detail. So Luke's very detail-oriented when he um, talks about this. So Luke chapter 7, Jesus talks about um, or Luke talks about this, this encounter that Jesus has with the centurion's servant. I'm going to get over here real quick. I've been flipping back and forth and didn't even get to seven. So it's first one through one through ten. So you can just kind of follow around. I'm not going to read it there. But here's the idea. Is, is this centurion's servant... Well, let's just read this for a a little bit. After he had finished all his sayings and hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, that's a city. Now, a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued to him. Now, we don't know if the centurion's a Christian, not a Christian. We probably, he's not. Remember, Jesus was a Jew. But again, Jesus didn't care Jew, Gentile. He cared about people and the condition of people. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And then when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. He is the one who built us our synagogue. Now, the interesting thing is that the motivation for his healing, even the centurion's servant was just kind of like, he's just a great guy. But Jesus, who has compassion on this servant, begins to, and he brings healing on him. It says, it says this, and Jesus went with them. When he was far off from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to, to come to you. But say the word and let my servant be healed, for I too am a man under authority. So here again, he understands Jesus' authority. He says, I too am a man under authority. So he's realizing the authority of Jesus. He says, I'm too a man under authority with soldiers. Um, 
under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned to the crowd that followed him. I says, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such a faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. You see, long story short, you, you can read so many accounts, sinners. Now, the interesting thing about healing in Old Testament, people felt like if you had a disease or sickness, that you had sin in your life. Now, today, we would know that's not necessarily the case, although living carelessly, you'll get, you know, uh, you'll get sick. But Jesus understood that he didn't care whether he was a military guy. He didn't care if he was a servant. He, what he cared about was showing compassion to the person who had an ailment, who had something wrong with them. In Luke chapter 4, it, it goes on and says that Jesus, wherever he went, he brought healing. So there's something about that when Jesus went about, he met the needs of the people where they currently were at. Now, the interesting thing is, typically around Easter, we would begin telling you, and we have invite cards. So I'm not saying don't invite people. But what I am saying is, I wonder if the culture that we live in and the time that we live in, and again, remember, this is about making yourself of no reputation. For Christ's sake, making ourselves of no reputation, really, for Jesus, for his sake. Pause for a moment. Let me breathe. Let me catch up uh, for you to catch up to me. What Jesus didn't say, though, as he was going around, having compassion, healing, was he didn't approach the person by saying, hey, would you come to my synagogue? So Jesus was a Jew. Synagogue would be like our church. He didn't say, hey, I tell you, I've got a great synagogue you can come to. Instead, he met the physical and spiritual needs of the person that was in front of them. And I want to encourage us that when we are saying where we are working, where we are engaged in life, one of the three reasons that we should hang out with sinners is because sinners need a healing touch. And after they, Jesus brought healing onto them, then he would say, Reveal who he was. And sometimes he would say, don't tell anybody, my time hadn't come. Let me just go to number point number two here. Sinners need a compassionate heart. Sinners need a compassionate heart. So in Luke chapter 7, another Luke chapter 7, uh, verse 11 through 17, right after that one, I'm not going to read you this story. Jesus raises a widow's son. A widow, her only son, dies. Now he... He prays, and he says that before he raised him from the dead, his heart was moved with compassion. So many times when Jesus talked about approaching somebody who had a need, his heart was moved with compassion. And I believe that compassion is that love that he's talking about when we say, so God so loved the world, and we're to be imitators of God, or be imitators of Jesus, that we begin to approach people with this compassionate heart. Number three, sinners need a savior. The woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8. 
1 through 11. John chapter 8, 1 through 11. You can read this later. A woman caught in adultery, being dragged out. Old Testament law was you are an adulterer, were dragged out, you'd be stoned. Now, no, 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 I'm not saying you get stoned. I'm saying they were stoned. I want to be clear in this pot-happy culture we live in. Um, she was caught and then she was stoned. No, she wasn't. Stones, they throw them at her to kill her. All right, just be clear. Or Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was a, appeared to be a scoundrel, a tax collector. It's like, it's like the tax man who comes for your property taxes, knocks on your door, and he has a bag full of money, and he says, give me your money for your taxes. Nobody liked him. Nobody wanted him to show up at his house. He's probably mean because you're not giving me my money. I'm taking you out, right? So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house. We're going to have dinner. So considered, everybody thought the scoundrel sinner that Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he needed a savior because he was felt with so guilt and shame and he, he mistreated his power and authority. He took advantage of people and he needed a savior like the woman caught in adultery needed a savior. See, it wasn't a savior just to go to heaven. It was a savior of his condition in life. See, sinners, and sinners, we're all sinners, but people who don't need Jesus need a healing touch. People who don't know Jesus need a compassionate heart, and people who don't know Jesus need a Savior. And guess what? We are the carriers of Jesus. We are the carriers of Jesus. When we accept Jesus into our life, he, come, he comes and dwells inside of us, and the only way that people can experience, not the only, but... 99.9% of the way that people get to experience the presence of Jesus is by us. The other thing that Pastor Jorgen said great last week was it begins by being in the presence of God. Right? Being precedes doing. So this message is about doing because you're going to hang out with people who don't know Jesus because they need a healing touch, they need a compassionate heart, and they need a Savior. But for you to see the work of Jesus be manifest through your life, it's going to take time to be in the presence of God. How are you doing with your devotional life? How are you doing in your prayer life? How are you doing? So here's the thing. Making yourself of no reputation is not being careless, but to care less about your life. Making yourself of no reputation is going to mean time. And it means that you have to be less concerned about your reputation, how great you look, and how caught up you are on your social media, and all of these other things that you're doing. You're going to have to be a little, think of yourselves or care less about yourselves, about your life. Then the next thing about that, though, is when you come up to somebody who is who needs healing, you're going to simply ask the question, hey, do you mind if I pray with you? And we pray. And we expect that God's going to do a miracle. 
But you know, it begins so many times of you really loving somebody, really caring for somebody. My question is how much you care for people. I struggle sometimes. I, I, I love all of you guys. But sometimes I struggle sometimes wanting to... It's like, no, this is my time now. No, me. And God says, no, it's not about you. It's about laying your life down like I did for you. Oh, it's so hard. I get it. But I believe this world needs us, the followers of Jesus, to bring healing, to lead with a compassionate heart, and to introduce people to a Savior. Again, it's not that I'm saying don't ask people to come to your church. But I wonder in this cynical age, in this age where people are like, what, I just, I want to be part of a religious organization where they just ask me for money and consume my time on Sundays? No, thank you. But if they experience the living God through your life, would they possibly say, how do I get more of this living water? (laughs) And you say, I want to introduce you to some other people who are on this quest and on this journey to follow and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Come to our church. At that point in time, their hearts are open and receptive because they all have experienced the life of God. So making yourself of no reputation means it's going to take courage. It means that you're going to say, you're going to have to think Oh, man, what are they going to think about me? I've I've asked to pray for them. I've stood up for that person who's being abused. I stood up for that person who's being bullied in school. What what are my friends going to say when I stand up for the one that's being bullied? Are they going to, like, start picking on me? Have courage. Have courage. All right, in closing... Jesus spent time with his father. He would get away early in the morning. And then he says, I only do what I see the father in heaven doing. I only do what I see the father in heaven doing. That takes a lot of pressure off of you. But it does mean that you have to have, if we're to be like Jesus, imitators of Christ, that we have to have a sensitivity to know what is the father in heaven doing in the hearts of people that we meet throughout the day. That we just don't go up to every person and try to, you know, pray for every need unless the Spirit of God is saying, pray. The Spirit of God is saying this. But it's going to require us to have a sensitivity to the Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. See, we talk about Jesus being inside of us, but the reality, it's his spirit. That's why it can be in everybody. Like, kind of like, that's kind of weird. Jesus now is in billions of people. How does that work? What's well, his spirit? But let's just stand to your feet for a moment because to close us, I would like to just encourage a couple things. One, Some of you are saying, there is no way that I could possibly pray for somebody, especially somebody I don't have a really super close relationship with. Well, we help you with that. In our next life group session, which make sure you grab a catalog on your way out, one of those things is doing what Jesus did. 
learning how to pray for the sick, learning how to bring somebody, lead somebody to Jesus Christ, learning to baptize somebody in the Holy Spirit, how to hear from God. Now, the interesting thing about this one, though, it is rooted, which is another course we offer, is a prerequisite to that one. But I don't want anybody to say, hey, that was a great message, but I don't know how. Well, we'll teach you how. But I also believe that the best teacher is the Holy Spirit. The best teacher is the Holy Spirit. But we have to posture ourselves to be in a place to allow the Holy Spirit to use us. We're vessels. Would you take a moment as we close today and just have your heart, maybe any way to receive. You do whatever. I like to do this because it's a receiving position. You do whatever you want to do to be in a receiving position. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. That our spiritual ears would be sensitive to the still small voice. Pray for that one. This person needs you today. Jesus says, I only do what I hear and see the Father doing in heaven. Let us be imitators of Christ, praying for the sick, leading with compassion, and introducing people to a Savior. Holy Spirit, use us. Ignite a fire inside of us. We want to be your vessels. We want to be used by you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay. I think I just gave you a fire hose message right there. Um, But dwell on it. Think on it. The Spirit of God wants to use each one of you. So today, know that you are equipped. You are empowered. Go be Jesus. Be imitators of him into the world. Make yourself of no reputation. Just don't be a Jesus freak. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.